गुरुर् ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरु साक्षात पारब्रह्मा तस्मै श्री गुरवे नमः आई बाउ टू दैट गुरु इन ऑल ऑफ यू आई बाउ टू हिम एवरीवेयर इट इज अ प्रिविलेज एंड अ जॉय फॉर मी टू बी एबल टू सिट हियर एंड शेयर हिज टीचिंग्स विद ऑल ऑफ यू This is a saying which I want to read today which is a bit unusual in one respect that it shows and teaches two opposite teachings remember that spiritual teaching has to be directed to the individual and in the first case my guru was talking to people who needed more devotion in the second place he was talking to people who were emo- devotional but in an emotional way both sides have to be um compared and uh united in such a way as to make a balanced individual this is why one reason why it's important to have a guru because you take one side of the teachings it's perfectly true and yet if you're not balanced it goes too far let me read you a little so that you can see what i mean one day a new disciple in a fit of emotional frenzy cried pleaded and shouted to god to appear others were meditating with him and felt intensely embarrassed by his emotional outburst one of them wrote to the master a note afterwards inquiring whether it's all, it is all right spiritually to be so outwardly expressive by all means it is right replied the master cry to god roll on the ground in your fervor of longing for him half-heartedness will never take you to god the master had taken this opportunity however to fan the fire of devotion in those disciples hearts especially in the one who had written that note who tended himself to be rather lukewarm as a rule the master counseled emotional displays a uh, never counseled emotional displays unless they proceeded from an uncontrollable inner fervor on another occasion he told the same emotional disciple don't be like straw fire in your devotion enthusiasm is good but keep it under control otherwise you will merely scatter its power if you explode dynamite high in the air he continued it will only make a loud noise if you bury it in the ground however its explosion may make possible the building of highways or the construction of tall buildings enthusiasm similarly is wonderful but learn to be enthusiastic about the right things and in the right way feeling should be calmly focused don't burn away its intensity as if in a straw fire to demolish the mountain of delusion before you he continued inwardness is necessary devotion must be kept under control it should be a secret between you and your beloved these are two very seemingly contradictory but not at all counsels that we must have you know my guru actually told me one time that he loved master mahashay the disciple of ramakrishna so deeply he would roll on the ground where master mahashay had walked such was his devotion as a young man he did not pull back ramakrishna used to grind his face in the dust in his yearning this is exaggerated for the ordinary person nonetheless remember that fervor is the only way to find god you won't find him sort of a well i'll never forget one disciple saying yes master 
<laughs> you, a master wants strong disciples. You must be strong. Remember, you go through so many lives, up and down. How many pleasures you seek and find, how many sorrows. Everything in the world, just like waves on an ocean, wherever there is a high wave, there has to be a correspondingly low trough. It cannot be different. A high wave won't change the level of the ocean. The ocean level is like this. And so any movement on it, any waves, vibrations of waves in consciousness, as well as on the ocean, every time you react emotionally to something, you know, years ago, I had always dreamed of being in a motorhome and traveling around the country teaching spiritual truths to people. And uh, finally, before a trip across the country to teach these truths to people, we actually got a motorhome, and I was so delighted. I lay back and laughed and laughed, and I knew in my mind, well, this is emotional laughter. I will have to pay for it. You know, I, when there isn't a cross-current, cross uh, thwarting cross-current, as my guru used to call, of ego, you get your lessons very quickly. And so that very evening, I was perched up, putting something in a, a cupboard up above, and the car was parked in a, a lot, a parking lot, with a Safeway grocery store with a brick wall, and it moved because it wasn't put in, uh, in uh, neutral, it wasn't put on brake, the motor was still running. We didn't know, the driver himself didn't know because he'd gone back to the refrigerator to get something, didn't know that the car was moving, the motorhome was moving just very slowly. We couldn't feel the movement until suddenly, bang, like this. I was thrown off the, the uh, couch where I was, where I'd been perched on one foot, thrown onto the, onto the floor and broke a finger. And I laughed just as hard. I thought, that's the law. Every time you allow yourself emotionally to get involved in something to the extent of, oh, a wonderful you just have to know that it will change, and you have to experience the opposite. The thing is not to be attached. So I wasn't attached to the blow, and it's okay, it doesn't matter. But that is the law. Whatever you experience outwardly, you will have to experience opposite inward, outwardly also. You remember the meeting of my guru's meeting with Swami Sudhikteshwar, his guru? He had been longing for his guru, and when finally they met, the guru had been longing for the disciple. And there was, it was an emotional moment, and you can't live in this world without some emotional moments. But then my guru had resolved to leave behind all kinds of study and so on. He'd left school, and his guru said to him, then you must go back to college. Well, my guru had made up a very strong mind made a very strong determination, I will not. And he said, no, Master, I'll do anything else, but I won't do that. The guru said, you've given your obedience to me, and the first thing I ask you is to... Master was very adamant. And there was a... a he said afterwards how strange it was to see that emotional moment of greeting, that glad reunion, that glad recognition after a long time, and then suddenly the sour note that was introduced. This is Maya. And he said, the dual scales of Maya that balance for every joy a suffering. Don't expect otherwise. Don't think that when the, your football team wins the game or your cricket team wins the match, 
don't think that means anything. The next time it will have to lose, or another time it will have to lose. Everything has to be balanced out. It just, you can't get away from it. Because the law of duality is that it has to balance every plus with a minus. So if you sit there, sort of smugly surveying your domain, and thinking, huh, now I've got it, I guess. Don't, don't fool yourself. I remember outside Halra Station years ago, there was a bunch of beggars outside all holding their hands out wanting to be given something. And one of them I could see who looked like a queen. And she was holding her hand out because she was supposed to, but you could see that her mind was thinking, what am I doing here? She had been rich, she had been perhaps a queen indeed, but she had been selfish. And so she had to pay for that selfishness by being a beggar. And begging itself is not good karma, it's bad karma. Because whatever you give, you should also, whatever you receive, you should also give. It must always be compensated. Don't think that anything will be just one-sided. Anything that people give you, you must always try to give something in return. This kind of balanced mind is what you have to have. You have to have control over your feelings before you can really um, love God very deeply. So the rolling on the ground is okay. It's a symbol, but it should be inside that kind of intensity. Just tell yourself how long you've wandered, how long you've wandered in delusion. The song that I'm going to be singing you in a few minutes is one that I wrote long ago. It's sort of, sort of uh, inspired by the Indian ragas that I love. So the melody is similar, but it's my own melody. And uh, how many lives we have drunk the cup of laughter and as many stars as there are in the sky, so many years have we wandered far from home. And through many lives we have drunk equally of the cup of sorrow. And no, all the drops in the ocean couldn't begin to count all the sorrows we have known. We long for God. Let us long for God now, because the things of this world are never going to give it to us. You know, in the, in the, uh, in the Rubat of Omar Khayyam, there is a passage there which my guru interpreted in his uh, Rubayat of the Omar Khayyam explained, saying that many souls who come into manifestation in the first, ma uh, first manifestation of the Deya Brahma are still wandering in delusion at the end of that Deya Brahma. Don't think this is a joke. Sure, you can get f fulfillment. Sure, you can find happiness. Sure, you can be successful. Sure, you can become popular and famous. Don't think that's the end of the story. My guru wrote a poem in which he said, looking back over his lives, one life I was a big king, another life I was a beggar, beneath people's contempt, sprawling in the street. You have to go through it all. Why waste time? It can take as many lives as you choose to get out of delusion. God's not going to pull you out. He will give you lots of hints of his love, hints of his joy. You will receive right teaching. You will receive many things that hint to you. But you see in a room full of people, some go out and say, yes, this is what I will do. And others say, hmm, interesting. 
and others say, is he crazy? I'll never forget a talk I gave in London many years ago. It took me half my talk to persuade people I was not a fraud. It took the other half of my talk to persuade them that maybe I was partially sane. I don't even like to talk to audiences like that. This is why I love talking in India, because in India I find that people don't come with this. They're open-hearted, and it's a joy to talk to people like that. It's a joy to talk to you. When I look at the television camera lens, I'm not seeing the lens. I'm seeing you through that lens. I'm talking to you through that lens. And that's one of the beautiful things about television, you know. When I was talking in City Fort here in July, there were 2,000 people there. You see this poor speaker up there, little tiny dwarf on a stage. Fortunately, they've got, because of modern progress, they were able to have this big screen which showed me up close. But television brings you up close in a way that, that uh, in a big lecture talking to two or three thousand, as I've done so many times, I'm still a little tiny person up there. You can't see my expressions. You can't. Uh, you have to hear my voice, perhaps over a loudspeaker and distort it a little bit. Television's a wonderful medium. When I lived in India before, there was no such thing. Now I can do one program and reach many millions. It's a great blessing. You know, I'm not here to reach anybody. I'm not here for name and fame. I just couldn't care less. But I am here to serve my guru. I have come to India and found that he is not even listed in books of the biographies of saints, of modern saints of India. He was a greater saint than most of them. He was a great master. He was an avatar. He had been born many lives ago, freed. Many lives. He said so, and I feel it. And yet, he, his name is not known here. And even though many people have read his autobiography of a yogi, many think of him as this sweet, beautiful young man who had the good fortune to meet these great saints and how lucky he was and to carry their message to the West. He was, you know, when he was a boy even, they used to ask him questions. I am here in this country. At my age, it's an, a late in life to begin a new work, but I'm here to make his message known. This is my only purpose. Otherwise, I would be sitting in this picture back here, which is a picture from my garden in America, a beautiful garden, a place that people come to on pilgrimage from many, many miles away and countries away. It's a paradise on earth. I have never seen a nicer home and garden doesn't mean anything to me. If I can live here and be with you and help you to know what my guru was and what he taught, I know that your life can be changed. Not even to become his disciples, just have that influence. So let me sing you this song through many lives. Joy to you. Through many lives I've drunk the cup of laughter No man could tell the pleasures I have known The stars in the endless sky If one could count would come to billions 
yet as vast as are their numbers. So many years I've wandered far from you, yet as vast as are their numbers. So many years I've wandered far from you. Through many lives I've drunk the cup of sorrow. No man could tell the bitter tears I've shed. The drops in the endless sea, if one could count, would come to billions. Yet as vast as are their numbers, so many years I've wandered far from you. Through countless lives I've sought your cup of sweetness, found other cups, yet thirsted evermore. The streams in the hills of time all found their way into a desert. Every noon of bright fulfillment, ere many hours did sink to evening gloom. Every noon of bright fulfillment, ere many did sink to evening gloom. I long for you in summer and in winter, only for you my heart thirsts day and night. I've learned that the sweetest songs ears ever heard were but your echo. Lord, at last, fill me completely, for nevermore I'd wander far from you. Lord, at last, fill me completely, for nevermore I'd wander far from you.